Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Man, I hope you're having a good day. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Uh, If you're sick, stay home. If somebody around you is sick, stay home and watch sports on TV. We got Monday Night Football, Ben Roethlisberger's last game at home with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That should be interesting. We're uh, a week away from what's going to be an unbelievable Sunday. Last Sunday in the National Football League season. Got some NBA stuff to talk about. Got some college football to talk about. What a weekend. What what a week. What a weekend. Um I will tell you that uh, first I want to congratulate my, uh, my alma mater's football team, Oklahoma state. I I'm, I, I like to think of myself as the best fan alum possible, right? Like I, when they lost to Baylor, I have the perspective of where Oklahoma state football had been for a long time and just coming back against Notre Dame in a game that they fumbled twice deep in the red zone in the fourth quarter and still had the largest comeback in school history and Fiesta Bowl history, put 39 in the Irish, and it should have been 50. What a, what a great weekend. It was a really interesting weekend after some rather not interesting semifinal games, although I think that lit, lit, uh, leads to more interest and more discussion. We'll get to some college football talk throughout the show. But the NFL yesterday was huh, great. Or terrible. Uh, all depends on your perspective. Michael Gallup's out for the year uh, as he tore an ACL, making an unbelievable touchdown reception. We got that to get to. Bruce Arians, of course, has that partially torn Achilles tendon, but there's more going on in, in Tampa Bay than Bruce Arians' health or COVID protocols. This show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Next Sunday in Las Vegas, Win or go home. Chargers, Raiders. What used to be no cow versus low cow, now it's no cow versus SoCal in Vegas. Wow, what a game that's going to be. Uh, we'll talk some Derek Carr. We'll talk some Chargers a little later on the show and definitely throughout the week. Let's get to this, though. Antonio Brown quits his job, right? That's what you see. Oh, I'm a epic quitting. He rage quit. He rage quit. There's so many different parts to it. Here's Bruce Arians with a reporter today in regards to what the heck happened. Can you fire a player if he won't go because he's injured? I don't know that he was. Did he, did he say that he was or was there a dispute no. about that? No. He just refused to go in or can you tell us more about it? Not really. I mean, it, what happened is pretty obvious what happened. So, uh, you know, he left the field and that was it. We had a conversation and he left the field. Yeah. He didn't really give us that much in regards to the conversation, right? Like, it was just, it was like he refused to go in the game, but there has to be more to it. It actually, you know what? It doesn't matter. I don't actually care what is bothering you. Let's just be honest. Like, all of this, your feelings, whether you feel like playing or you feel like you're 
you, you feel disenfranchised by the team or you feel your feelings are hurt because you ran the wrong route and you got you got yelled at or what whatever the heck happened it doesn't actually matter leaving the field unacceptable taking off your jersey and pads more unacceptable than the show you made about leaving the stadium bro you're done don't ever come back Th- this was in fact his last chance this was it you're like wow oh, no i would pick no they're not no you're not and this is the worst possible version of what is a major, what I believe is societal problem, right? Societal problem. I, I don't know if, if Antonio Brown has early onset issues from CTE, um, but I, I also realize that, like, look, if you didn't see this coming, you simply weren't paying attention, right? I mean, in, and my chronological order is, is off, you tell me. Go back and remember, why did the Pittsburgh Steelers get rid of Antonio Brown? Because he threw a fit with Ben Roethlisberger and didn't show up to work for the last weekend of the season when the Steelers, I believe, had a chance to make the playoffs. Do you guys remember that? Right. And then only the Raiders would sign him. And whether he was underwhelmed by the talent in Napa when he was training with the Raiders, whether it was all a ruse to try and get to another team, whatever it was, the dude froze, nearly froze off his feet in a cryo chamber, had issues with the NFL's uniform policy, had issues with the cleats that he was wearing. Everything was wrong. And then he goes, then they have to get rid of him. Right. Then he goes to new England and Almost every day that he was a member of the Patriots, there was a story about something that he had done or someone he had done wrong. And so they get they they get rid of him. And when the Patriots get rid of you, it usually means you got one year left and then kaput. Brady obviously feels to be the exception to that. And what has happened to Antonio Brown? Well, it's been one year left and now he's kind of kaput. The guy's alleged to have thrown furniture out of his apartment in Miami and nearly hit a kid down below the pool. Like the the guy stiffs chefs has blow ups with his baby mama. You name it. There's something with Antonio Brown. So let's stop saying, well, you might maybe he needs mental health or maybe he's just a jerk that we've we've helped foster the growth of his alter ego becoming his ego. But all of this, this relates like what he's done and his behavior alone could very well spell doom for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Remember, they lo- they lost Chris Godwin for the year. They need a talented wide receiver. Antonio Brown can still absolutely physically play, but you can't keep him on the team. You got to get rid of him. You can't. And because they were counting on him, because Brady said, I got it. I can handle it. I can count on him. I can manage it. You can't manage that. But that is ultimate selfish behavior from Antonio Brown, just like Kirk Cousins. Just like Kirk Cousins. You're like, how does that, how, I don't understand. Kirk Cousins is not insane. He does not throw things off a balcony. He does not. You're right. But we told you about being vaccinated. 
And I don't know if Kirk Cousins, as vaccinated, would have contracted COVID and been cleared to play in time. But I know there was no chance of him being cleared to play in time because he contracted COVID. And so what happens? Mike Zimmer might be out of a job. The team had no shot to beat the Green Bay Packers. None. None. Because that position is one where the whole team depends on you. And you have to do everything in your power to get ready every weekend. That's why you can't go out. That's why you have to say the right things in the media. You have to be a uniter, not a divider. Cousins failed his team as well. I, I just, I feel like for Tampa, it's you make a deal with the devil. Don't be surprised when you get burned. Or the expression I've heard is if you sleep with dogs, don't be surprised when you get fleas. But there is a, at least a portion of the selfish behavior. And we've seen it time and again from wide receivers, but is pervasive now, not only in all of sports, but in football, the ultimate team sport where guys are simply worried about themselves and not the team and the team needs you. And at the most important time, you're either no longer with the team, Antonio Brown, or can't be with the team, Kirk Cousins. And this is what happens. This is the, this is the real stuff. Like if you want me to, to blow smoke, if you want me to tell you, that's fine. If you want me to go, Hey, listen, you know, we gave a pass to Simone Biles when she had a mental health and we're not giving a pass to Antonio Brown when he's clearly got mental health issues. If you want that kind of radio show, fine, go for it. Not here. The reality is Tampa was the only place that he could go. And here's how divisive Antonio Brown is and how right people are about worrying about erratic behaviors. Russell Wilson wanted to sign Antonio Brown. Russell Wilson reached out to Antonio Brown. They worked out together during COVID stuff and when he was without a team. Like, all of this stuff did, in fact, happen. And Russell Wilson was pissed that Seattle was like, we can't take him. That's why you can't take him. That's why. It's the, why, is Terrell Owen, why was Terrell Owens out of a job for 10 years despite the fact that he looked like and probably still could play in the NFL? It's because all the other, like, you can't, you can't manage that. You just can't. You can't manage that ego. You can't manage that selfishness. You can't, like, that's just, and people, and, and football guys, they'll use the term, you know, he's distraction, he's a distraction. It's just that you, they suck up all of the oxygen in the room and keep it to themselves, and it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. Here's Tom Brady after the game about Antonio Brown. It's um, obviously a, a difficult situation. And, um, you know, I think we all want, you know, him to, you know, just think everybody should find, you know, hopefully do what they can to help him in ways that, you know, he really needs it. And, um, you know, we all love him. We care about him deeply. You know, we want to see him be at his best. And, you know, unfortunately, it won't be with our team. But, you know, we have a lot of friendships that that will last. And, Again, I think the most important thing about football are the relationships with their your friends and your teammates, and they go beyond the field. And you know, I, I think everyone should should be very compassionate and empathetic toward you know um, some very difficult things that are happening. Yeah, sorry, not empathetic. Not I don't care. I don't. I I don't. You you sign up to play football to play with the greatest quarterback of all time. With 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 listen, here's the deal, dude. You used a fake Vax card. You got suspended. We stood by you. Like, 
you, you got the whole rest of the year to do whatever you want to do. All we need you to do is show up on Sundays, show up to work every day, punch the card, okay, catch the football, run the routes, do the thing. We got a chance to win another Super Bowl. And then you can worry about all the other stuff in your life. Like, and, and by the way, if I'm Brady's just a, he's a better dude and a, a better spokesman than me because Antonio Brown just screwed him. There's another word for what he did, but it's not appropriate for any sort of broadcast. That's what he did to him. Cause you, and by the way, Tom Brady, how, how good was that last touchdown pass? But at some point you are going to need a guy to get open and Antonio Brown was that guy to get open and to make a play. And for whatever reason, he pulled the ripcord and imploded right before everybody else's eyes. That was embar- That's embarrassing to the sport. That's embarrassing to Brady. That's embarrassing the Buccaneers. It's embarrassing to anybody who stood up and goes, yeah, Antonio Brown deserves it. No, he doesn't. What an awful display of selfish behavior. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm-mm-mm-mm. This is an all-timer right here. Uh, so, uh, Mike Zimmer, this is this is funny. Like, everybody's like, well, you got to fire Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer's going to get fired. I don't know. Um, the issue with Zimmer is, right, is his ship is tied to Kirk Cousins. We feel like we know the limitations of Kirk Cousins. But they had a chance, they had a chance, you know, to finish above 500 going into last night's game. Now their best opportunity is to beat the Bears at home and finish at 8-9. Mike Zimmer very much coaching for his job. They've lost the last two, lost four of the last six, lost six of their last ten. So, um, obviously, last night was a game where you're like, ooh, Sean Mannion. You can say all the nice things about him. I remember when he's at Oregon State, I was like, man, this guy's pretty good. Just hasn't panned out. Looks like a career backup in the NFL. So, they have Kellen Mond, who, um, Kellen Mond's a talented quarterback. Didn't he start at TCU and then transfer to A&M, right? Was that, or was it the other way around? I'm trying to, trying to remember Kellen Mond's career, right? So anyway, Kellen Mond, Kellen Mond is a guy who, um, super tech. No, he was all a and and M for, for four years. Um, but Kellen Mond's a guy who was a third round pick this year with the Minnesota Vikings. And Mike Zimmer was asked after the game, if he wanted to take a look next week at Kellen Mond, here's his response. Do you think you want to get a look at Mond next week? Not particularly. Mike, why don't you want to get a look at him? I see him every day. <laughs> I look, but you have to factor in Zimmer's pissed. He's pissed that Kirk Cousins isn't eligible to play. I'm sure he's probably pissed that Kirk Cousins didn't get his vax and that this wouldn't have been an issue. And he's probably walking himself through. God, if we make a makeable kick against Arizona, they had a makeable kick against Arizona. And there's so many other things that went bump in the night and injuries they've had. And, and we simply have Kirk Cousins tonight. Instead, I got to throw a guy out there. And people want me to throw a rookie quarterback out there against the Bears in a game where I'm coaching for my coaching life. Like, not no, particularly. Not particularly. I see him every day. I see him every day. Now, what, obviously, people are going to take that to mean he doesn't think Kellen Mond's any good. 
That may be the case, or he may just think he's not ready. I see him every day. If I thought he was ready, I thought it would help him. I'd put him in. Not particularly. But not particularly. All time. Let me hear it one more time, the whole thing. Do you think you want to get a look at Mond next week? Not particularly. Mike, why don't you want to get a look at him? I see him every day. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in the world of sports. Lot, 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 lot. But in the National Football League, I can't think of a better guest to have on than Rich Warnberger, who played in this league, won this league, and it's just an unbelievable resource to have. Former NFL lineman, co-host of Fox Football Sunday with Steve Hartman from 1 to 5 Eastern, each Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Um, as a As a guy who... Loved his time in the league, has been always honest about what you see and what you feel and what you hear. Antonio Brown and how that thing ended against the Jets in East Rutherford yesterday. What's your reaction? Look, Antonio Brown's a jerk, and that's okay. Everybody's been a jerk at some point in their life. It's uh, if there's a willingness to change there's a willingness to improve, if there's a willingness to be a better person, uh, those are the ways that you want to essentially judge somebody, not, not necessarily how they act in a moment uh, or, or over the course of even a career, because there's a lot of growth that could happen with Antonio Brown, and hopefully it does at some point here in the near future or even the long-term future. But I'm sure he's going to look back on what he did and be embarrassed the way he left that team, the way he left his teammates. Um, and if he isn't ever embarrassed, if he, if he never really resolves this, uh, you know, immaturity or whatever, and if he's a jerk who's unwilling to change, well, that's the worst case scenario. That means you're dealing with somebody who's lacks the self-awareness to really improve himself. And maybe that's the reason why this seems to keep happening. He left the Steelers in disarray. And he joined the Oakland Raiders, and that didn't work out. And he joined the New England Patriots, and obviously that flamed out. And here he is with the Buccaneers, and it's the same old story. So I I think he's running out of opportunities in the NFL. I'll never say never, but it's feeling like never that we're going to see Antonio Brown play another game in this league. Um, Does it make it – what does it do to Tom Brady's chances of being a back-to-back Super Bowl champion? It hurts them uh, because they're hurting right now at receiver. I mean, they were he was throwing footballs to guys who you, you, you didn't you didn't even know they were on the Buccaneers, frankly, until this week. Uh, so you know he con- connected for a touchdown with a guy named Cyril. Now <laughs> he's thrown to Scotty Scooter Miller. Uh, he's resurrected Perryman, but losing Godwin is a big problem and Evan. You know, he's been touch and go with some injury situations over the past two seasons, so it would have really buoyed their offensive opportunity if Antonio Brown was a good soldier here. So it does have an effect. However, I will say, Tom Brady, how often has he gone into big games where you've looked at the offensive cupboard uh, for, for Tom and said, well, you know, none of his receivers, none of, none of the seasoning to make his stew uh, really measures up to his opponent, and and then somehow he finds a way. Um, I think this could be a similar situation in Tampa Bay now that he's in his second year operating this offense, now that everybody around him understands the expectations, now that everybody has experience on a deep playoff run. Um, it's better that it's happening in year two than it happened in year one. 
because they would have been uh, the odds would have been stacked slightly more against them. Although they are stacked up against them, it's difficult to deal with late season injuries. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That is uh, the voice of Rich Ornberger who joins us, and we're reacting to a a crazy 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 weekend in the national football league get ready for a wild week 18 right first ever week 18 um i want to get into some more of the details but if it were you and now you got the green bay packers they're gonna have what a couple weeks up potentially three weeks off right like what do you do in terms of playing guys when you're already the one seed you want to get the guys work that need to get the work. And it's difficult to sort of legislate and navigate that. But this is a team that's also been to the conference championship game and back-to-back seasons. So you know that they have the ability to navigate these circumstances. I think that, I think that everybody should stay fresh, right? Everybody should get some run. Everybody should get some playing time. How much? It varies. It depends on the kind of game you're playing. It depends on the level of confidence you have in the players and their ability uh, to, to continue whatever momentum they're having into the regular season, going into the postseason. So there's a lot of different things you need to examine. But I think the Packers will be all right handling that situation. The most important thing is keeping everybody safe and healthy. You know, And I, I say safe and healthy because you want to keep this, uh, this virus out of your locker room as best you can. So if you are going to be giving your, your locker room days off and you're going to give veterans opportunities to rest, you need to really stress. And this is Matt LaFleur's job as the culture creator and Aaron Rodgers' job as the leader of that locker room. You need, really need to stress the importance of, of isolating. You know, and I, I, you know, there's, there's nothing worse than going into a game week and all, the ha- all of a sudden have, having positive tests where – you're trying to navigate without potentially a starting tackle or starting corner or what have you. So that's the most important part heading into the postseason. Rich Ornberger joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. How much credit should Sean McVay get for the success that the Rams have had in turning this thing around? Oh, a tremendous amount of credit. I mean, Sean McVay, I can't say enough good things about this guy. He's created such a strong culture there in that locker room. And he's brought in uh, some characters now. You know, he added Von Miller. He's dealing with Jalen Ramsey, who got into an altercation in the defensive huddle on the field in that win they were able to accomplish uh, this weekend. You know, they, they've got Von Miller and OBJ now in trade. I mean, there's some big personalities in that locker room. And it's a lot to deal with when you're a head coach and you got to keep your eye on you know, 80 different guys. And, and you know, it, it, and with the, the COVID situation we were just discussing with the Packers, that's affecting all these other 31 teams too. It's a lot to handle. And in this young career that he's had so far, he's done a tremendous job. Bad day to have a bad day for Matthew Stafford going out there and playing the way it did, turning the ball over three times, two interceptions, the, the sack for the fumble, um, but, but beating a great team. Well, I shouldn't say a great team, but a really great defense. Uh, against the Ravens in a tight game who are also well coached by John Harbaugh. That's a huge win. And, uh, and it was a team win. And, and speaking of OBJ and Von Miller, talk about a couple of guys who stepped up and made late plays. The fourth and five OBJ caught the go ahead touchdown. Uh, the Von Miller sack. I mean, the late additions to this roster iced that game and give credit to, to Sean McVay also for getting them caught up 
uh, in time to really factor late in this regular season where they needed them. Rich Hornberg is our guest here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, explain to me the Tennessee Titans, who, I mean, Julio Jones has been out. That obviously somewhat to be expected, but you combine that with Derrick Henry, who we thought was their whole team, has been out. Now they have the one seed in the East. How'd this happen? Well, you know, the, the Titans are built the right way. If you look at their defensive front seven and you look at their offensive line, they, they really do a lot of good for their whole team. You know, it starts with their offensive line offensively. You know, they obviously want to be a running team. Deontay Foreman has stepped up. You know, that second man in mentality, they've really been able to rely on him. They've gotten a lot more out of Ryan Tannehill than I think anybody would have forecasted this season without Derrick Henry. And that that front seven, they wreak havoc. I mean, they confuse people. They're good um, with their assignments. And what I mean by that is, you know, Rabel wants to run some exotic blitz packages, and he does. And so when they're bringing pressure, it can be confusing. You're sending guys from all sorts of different spots to confuse the offenses you're playing against. And everybody's in the right position. Everybody stays in their passing lanes. Everybody understands their assignments. And as a result, you have a really effective defense. It all starts up front for the Tennessee Titans, and that foundation is firmly in place. So while the wins, they look ugly sometimes. They still count as wins. And so this team can lock down the, the one seed in the AFC, and not a lot of people have a lot of faith in them. But I'm telling you, that, that type of team, you know, strong in the trenches heading into the month of January, those are the teams that can make deep runs. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, a lot of people are talking about the Bengals. My question is about the Chiefs. Their offense scores three points in the second half. We'd all gone crazy about the Chiefs in their turnaround what led to them being unable to score yesterday against uh, Cincinnati? You know, it, it looked to me like they sort of regressed a little bit in that second half. I'm so glad you brought this up because a lot of the same things you saw in the first half of the season offensively started rearing their heads and sort of playing peekaboo with us in the second half against the Bengals. The Chiefs are the ultimate front-running team. You know, and, and it's, like, um, it's like being on the schoolyard with your bully. You don't want to do it. It's scary. But if you sock that dude in the face, you're going to send him on his heels and he's going to be reeling. There's very few teams that have enough firepower to really stand up to the Chiefs as that playground bully. You know, they want to dance on you. They want to catch the football and they want to do the cha-cha like Travis Kelsey in the end zone and that they're planning their celebrations before the game. But if they're in a fight the way they were against the Bengals, they'll fade a little bit, man. And we saw a second-half wilting of that Chiefs offense. And some of those problems we saw in the first half of the season reared their head. A couple of missed shots with Mahomes, uh, you know, a couple of opportunities to get some pressure on Mahomes where they were really coming after him, that Cincinnati Bengals defense probably not getting enough credit, and, um, and, and a couple of drops by receivers in the second half. And so they got to tighten up the ship as they head into the final week of the regular season because they, you can't have those second halves in the postseason. Rich, uh, who's your MVP? It's Aaron Rodgers, man. Uh, I mean, that cat, the way he's playing, you know, he's manufactured motivation this season. The offseason he had, some of the controversy that he's, you know, kind of drummed up for himself this season. I think he's created this them-against-me mentality. 
and he's, you know, circling himself with his brothers in that locker room, um, and he's playing some unreal football, maybe some of the best of his career. He, he's really possessing that, that same, I want to say like Tom Brady-esque, you know, he's going to win every game uh, uh, ambiance or, or ego when he enters the playing field. It just sort of feels like it tilts in the favor of the Green Bay Packers right now, especially offensively when they're out there. Yeah, he, he's the runaway in my opinion. Rich, you're the best, man. Uh, love listening to you guys. I'm driving around. I was driving around a bunch at times on Sunday, running errands, picking up kids. You guys are awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Doug. Thank you. Uh, he's the best. Rich Ornberger played in the league, studies the league, knows it, and shares his knowledge with us not only on our show, but you can hear him on uh, Fox Football Sunday here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Listen, if you're just listening to the show, I, I think we're on L.A. again today. We're on in some other markets. Um, it, it's okay if you don't like everything I say. If you, you're like, whatever, you bring in some bias over something I've said over 20 years of doing this. It's okay. Uh, for the most part, I know a long game. I'm right. Um, I, I got it. And uh, we'll, we'll get to it in a, in a second. But I also, like, I understand I've made not only mistakes in takes, but in my own life. So I'm not going to sit here and be high and mighty over, uh, over mistakes that guys have made and act like I haven't made my own. What I will tell you is, unequivocally, Nate Hobbs is, a, is an idiot. Or, or maybe has a a drinking problem, but 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 what, what if for that to happen with the Las Vegas Raiders after a miracle win over the Colts? Okay, and the the details are still upcoming. He's passed out, um, in Vegas, suspicion of DUI. Like what? Are you the dumbest human being on earth? You had a teammate who lost their career, killed a woman and her dog. Like, was it two months ago? It's an absolute tragedy for this young woman. And it's awful for a city that has embraced your franchise. And it's not like, it's like Vegas. It's not like you couldn't get a ride. Right? Like, you, don't give me the, there, there's, there are taxis and there are all the different, not only the, all the different driving services, but any hotel you walk out of, you'll have those other guys go, and then you will ride. I'll go 150 bucks. I'll drive around for the night. Right? What is wrong with people? Uh, Nate, Nate Hobbs is a defensive back for the Raiders or shall I say, was a defensive back for the Raiders, soon to be cut as they head into a gigantic game this weekend against the Chargers. I mean, think about think about what they have a chance to do. In the first year in which they have people in the stands in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium, it will be an absolute zoo. Their coach got fired. Their best, uh, their, I don't know, best wide receiver, right? Most talented young wide receiver, is in jail, lost his career, lost his freedom because of a DUI. 
Darren Waller's been out, one because of injury, then two because of COVID. He's their best weapon. And yet here they are. They got they got a chance to get to the playoffs against one of their old classic AFC West rivals. And this idiot does that. I don't call people names. I don't label people things for the most part. But if you don't have the awareness, this would be like one of Len Bias's teammates at Maryland two months later getting caught using Coke, right? Like that, I'm just, I'm blown away by, by Nate Hobbs, who was arrested for DUI, uh, suspicion of DUI. Yikes. All right, let's get to this. So, um, I guess it was Saturday. The days run together because the semifinals were Friday and then the Rose, but the good games were actually Saturday that <clears throat> don't mean anything. Look, I'll give you my quick stance on games that don't mean anything in a moment for college football. But th- this was what Kirk Herbstreet said on ESPN before broadcasting the Rose Bowl, which he had a couple of members of Ohio State's team opt out of and what became an amazing comeback from Ohio State to beat Utah. Here's Kirk Herbstreet on the culture problem in college football. What's the difference as a player in saying these games are meaningless when Des, we played in quote-unquote meaningless games? I mean, I know you guys were here a lot, but I just don't understand. If you don't make it to the playoff, how is it meaningless to play football and compete? Isn't that what we do as football players? We we compete. So I don't know if changing and expanding it is going to change anything. I really don't. I think this era of player just doesn't love football. Um. I don't know if I would say doesn't love football. I think there are, we, we just have, we have, we have forces pulling kids in ways in which they don't even know they're being pulled. You still have people who are, uh, are such proponents of athletes and their ability to make Dallas that they'll sit there and go like, you know, you're not getting paid in college. Like, first of all, they've changed the rules. I don't agree with the rule changes. Okay? I don't agree with it because I don't think it's being used for what it's what it what the intent of it was. But whatever. The rules have changed. If you have some sort of value, you can get paid for playing. You can. And and as I told people for the 20 years I've done this because this is not a new discussion. None of this is all, none of this is new. There is no amount that you can pay players that will ever be enough. And this year is the perfect example. Right? Well, it'll, it'll make them stay at their school. No, own more people in the transfer portal than ever. Well, to make them, play, they'll, they'll want to play the bowl games. No, own you got more guys opting out than ever. No, won't. We have bred people who don't, believe in loyalty they don't believe in everybody else i don't actually think it's not out of love of football it's love out of your teammates and appreciation for the opportunities you were given look i'm not going to sit here i don't know chris alave's uh financial background but i would i would love to know can can anybody tell me one wide receiver arbitrarily arbitrarily in the history of college football that has been injured in a bowl game and has not been able to make any sort of money professionally, especially now when guys, I mean, you name the quarter, you name the guy, they come back from almost, I mean, 
Alex Smith had 17 surgeries. He came back and started, and that's the worst possible injury you can suffer. I understand it's a violent game. I understand that part of me wants to say, like, maybe running backs, because there's only so many hits that they can take, you give those guys a pass. I don't think it's a love for football thing. I think college sports is in a terrible place, right? Where kids only want to go somewhere where they can play, but also get paid. But if they don't play, they don't care how much they're getting paid. They'll go to the next spot where they can get paid. And then the first chance to really make what they think is real money and play in the NFL, they leave that as well. Um, meanwhile, what, what happens, uh, but Jackson Smith ends up having like the most ridiculous game. Cause Chris Olave doesn't play. He has 347 <laughs> yards receiving one dude. Did you guys see the, did you guys watch the Rose Bowl? So the opportunity that was afforded Chris Olave, which he doesn't necessarily need for his tape. But, like, dude, for your guy, you don't want to play one last time for Ohio State? You don't want to win a Rose Bowl? It's not special to you? All of those guys that block for you, all the for CJ, like CJ Stroud had a great game anyway. CJ Stroud, 573 yards passing, six touchdowns. By the way, Chris Olave is from California. You don't want to come back to California, wreck shop, win a Rose Bowl? I don't think it's you don't win. I think it's football has become how can I make money about how can I make money? Whereas the the reality to it, okay, the reality to it is you were going to make money anyway. All you did was cost yourself an incredible experience. And all of that that we've been trying to teach you about team, 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 team. It's at the window. It's about me, 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 me. You're just making, and, and please stop with the coaches thing. Look, coaches leave their programs after their last regular season game because they have to. Players opt out of prestigious bowl games and even not terribly prestigious bowl games because they want to. That's the difference. Coaches have to leave because they have to recruit for their new school because it is about the team. It is their job, per se. This is the last chance you get. As Bo Schemblecker once said, there's a famous speech which you can hear online. We play it for you. Talks about Michigan, the team, the team, the team. Right? The team, the team, the team. This is your last chance to be part of a team. Because when you get to professional football, it is about your family. It is about your contract. It is about your professional life. This, it's about accomplishing something great together. That's what it's always been about. And we have all these forces pulling these kids in directions that they don't need to be pulled in. Allow them to experience the experience. Like, we are going to get to the point, we've already gotten to the point where high school athletes are wanting their name, image, and likeness. You're going to get to the point where kids are the Little League World Series and be like, mm, I need to get paid for this. Like, how do, it's gross. It's gross. Whereas, for 100 years, football players have been really well and even better, better and better compensated because if you... What's the old, if you do what you love and if you love what you do, you never worked a day in your life. You love, love what you love your work. You never work a day in your life. If you're good enough, it all takes care of itself. Just go and play. If you're good enough, it takes care of itself. So I, I'm not going to go with the people don't love to play football. I think they love to play football, but I think guys don't necessarily play football for each other.
They clearly play for themselves. And that's a product of our society. That's who we produced. Right? And what turns you off, like what turns people off about the NBA, the clear outs, the James Harden, the isolations, why doesn't it turn you off about football, college football? <laughs> of course it does. Like, I, 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 as much as you think, like, why wouldn't you want to be a college football coach? Well, because the guys that you do have, the guys that you do have, and they play, well, they want to be paid. And it's like, I, 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 the market is, it's an open and free market. You go out and get it yourself. If you're worth it, figure it out, right? So there's, there's a couple of restrictions. You can't conflict with, you know, the gear or some of the pro- sponsors of a school. But outside of that, it's pretty much free market. You can't do it. That's on, that's on you. That's what your real value is, right? If you don't play a guy, he's going to put himself in the transfer portal, no matter what the timing is. And if you do play a guy, he might bail on you in what's an incredibly important game or the last game of the season because he's worried about himself. And and look, it's reasonable to say, I'm worried about myself and my health. But again, at what point in time do you shut it down? Like this idea that you got to a bowl game and the bowl game is meaningless and it's like, all right, well, does that mean once you lose your third game of the season, you're done? And if you're not going to play, then don't practice either. Like, look, look, two of the best rookies we've ever had in the sport didn't play last year, right? Jamar Chase and Micah Parsons. Those, there's your, probably your offensive and your defensive uh, rookies of the year, right? Didn't play last year. But at least they didn't play and then shut it down when the season, when, when it became, okay, well, we're not playing for a championship now. Like, do you know how bad that is? Right? That's the Randy Moss. I play when I want to play. Awful. There's no convincing me of otherwise. There just isn't. When you get to a school, you come in and your recruiting class, your boys, you do everything with those guys. This has nothing to do with the coach. It has nothing to do with anything else. It only has to do with those guys in that locker room. You stay for holidays and vacations. You get up in early hours and stay late. All of it is because of the team. Those are, your, those are going to be your best friends for the rest of your life. I know, they're mine. And I just, I don't know if it's love of the sport. I think it's really love and appreciation for the team and teammates and what it means to be a part of something bigger than yourself. We've lost that. Because you have people that some have played, some have never played a sport in their life that are convinced that somehow guys were done wrong. It ain't true. The only thing that is true is it's inarguable, inarguable that we have made it more about ourselves than everybody else. By the way, Caleb Williams is going to enter the transfer portal, explore his options. But staying at Oklahoma, definitely an option. What's he doing? He's sitting there going like, "Mm, I'll go to the highest bidder. As long as I can play, got a chance to play for a championship. Excuse me? This is the same school that Spencer Rattler was a starting quarterback. He got all kinds of name, image, and likeness deals. And three games of the season, they pulled the plug on that deal. Like, if you think this is good and healthy, and don't give me, well, it's just like the NFL and free agency. No, it's not. NFL players have contracts. They can't just put themselves in the portal and renegotiate every year. It's awful. 
Awful. Dictating terms when you're 19 years old? If you think that's healthy for the future of sports, you should talk to somebody who's actually involved in sports. They will all tell you. Like I heard Carson Palmer say today, say exact same thing. He's like, man, opting out of a chance to play with my, my best friends? No, thanks. 